way we grow and produce food is ever-changing, shaped by consumers and the climate in which we live and farm. Research at all points of our food system is essential for continuously improving food's journey from farm to table. The Manitoba Agriculture and Food Knowledge Exchange explores timely research innovations and applications that make our food system better than ever. Join us for today's podcast. Welcome to the Manitoba Agriculture and Food Knowledge Exchange podcast. I'm Jordan Sasiwa, and we've got a very important podcast today because if you followed along, you'll have noticed in the last little while, Canada has a few changes and has been changing how we do things as it relates to antimicrobial usage in livestock. So anytime we have discussions like this and anytime we bring information to consumers and producers, we want to get experts. So today we've got Amy Johnson with us. And Amy, what's your background and what what do you do for a living? Hi, Jordan. I am the poultry specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, and I have also worked in the industry for a number of years in in poultry um, as a, formerly as a poultry nutritionist. So let's jump right into it because no better way to start a conversation than than to ask the first question. How is Canada addressing antimicrobial usage in livestock? Okay, Uh, so Canada has been monitoring um, antimicrobial resistance in Canada in both humans and livestock for a number of years. Um, Initially, the World Health Organization Uh, published a global action plan on antimicrobial resistance in 2015 and that was really a blueprint of action um, that was acknowledged by the UN Global Assembly at that time uh, for how countries could deal with antimicrobial resistance in both humans and livestock. So in 2017 a pan-Canadian framework on antimicrobial resistance was published and that was really developed to be uh, a guide um, for collective efforts to address antimicrobial usage uh, and help to um, reduce antimicrobial resistance or deal with antimicrobial resistance in Canada. So there's key components of this framework, um, surveillance, infection prevention and control, um, antimicrobial stewardship and research and innovation. So it really uses a one health approach for consider considerations for both human and animal health. So when you say a one health approach, what does that what does that really what does that mean? Because that, that that stood out to me there and obviously it's the last point, so it's an easy one to pick up on. But sure. what does that mean? So one health really refers to um, a collective approach. Uh, where there's experts that are um, in both human and animal and environmental fields that come together um, to come up with an action plan for how to deal with um, health issues in Canada. So this was, this, as you kind of stated there, the, it was the World Health Organization in 2015. So this isn't this is an old news. This is something very recent. Are they are they continuing with this? Is there is there constant growth, or was this kind of a mandate and then everyone catches up? Uh, well, certainly this is ongoing. So as I uh, indicated, there is a part of the key component is um, 
research and innovation, uh, as well as continued surveillance. So this is a really an ongoing process. Um, it's, it's evolving and we certainly can expect to see uh, changes going forward. Let's get into your specialty because that's always that's when we get our, our experts to give us the, the, the real good information. So how do poultry producers um, promote responsible use of anti, antimicrobials? Uh, so there's a couple of different ways that the poultry, uh, that poultry producers in Canada promote responsible use for antimicrobials. And um, obviously the primary way is to change how antibiotics uh, in particular are used for poultry production. So um, back in 2018, Health Canada, Health Canada changed um, how veterinary drugs were used for livestock in Canada, um, and particular medically important antimicrobials, or um, drugs that are important for human health that are also used in livestock. So there's a very um, there's four categories of antimicrobials that are used for livestock in Canada. Um, category one, two, three, and four. With category one being um, most critically important for human health, with very few alternatives, down to category four, where there are um, these products are used in in livestock and they're not used in human health at all. Um, so as of December first. 2018, uh, Health Canada has um, mandated that all category 1, uh, 2, and 3 antibiotics for livestock can only be used um, in Canada by prescription. So that means that a producer has to have um, a, a relationship with their veterinarian uh, that any anti antibiotics that they're using on farm are prescribed by their veterinarian and only in the event of um, a health outbreak. So um, on, in addition to this, um, you may have heard of a gro growth promotant use of antimicrobials or antibiotics in the past. So they also uh, stopped the growth promotant or low level uses of antibiotics um, to to be used as growth promotants for livestock, kind of as a, as a preventative measure um, for diseases. So, and, and by that you mean just if I've got a, uh, a, a young bird or if I've got a, a juvenile bird, I'm not a, we're not using preventatively and just at a therapeutic dose to make sure that it's it's growing at its, its fastest rates. Is that kind of the... So um, preventative and, and therapeutic are actually kind of two different concepts. So preventative would be um, that you anticipate that, yes, there could be some disease challenges, but you're not seeing anything in your flock. So again, you're using the lower levels of antibiotics um, to just main, maintain um, healthy growth of your flock, as opposed to the therapeutic use where you have... Um, you know, sick animals or a, a, a known uh, issue on your farm, a disease challenge on your farm in, in previous flocks where you need to treat in order to prevent those birds from getting sick. Interesting. Now, you know what? Let's back this up just a second because I'm sitting here thinking as a consumer myself, um, I, 
I'm comfortable with the term antimicrobial, but what does that actually actually mean? I think we should have jumped in uh, at the start with that, but but bringing it up now, what when when you would define antimicrobial? Right. Well, antimicrobials are um, products that are designed to um, prevent disease by bacteria, by viruses and by fungus. So that is a broader term. Um, antibiotics are specific to re- prevent disease. They, they um, reduce the bacteria that cause disease. Perfect. And, and that I'm going to assume that, that was everyone was on the same page with that because we've all been to the doctor, we've all heard these terms before, but it's, just, it's important when we're talking about this because now that we've defined that, the next part of this uh, and I think some of the exciting work that's being done at the University of Manitoba in the in the Faculty of Agricultural and Food Sciences um, is in alternative therapies. So, so are there alternative therapies in use for poultry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are some uh, products that are on the marketplace now or are in development um, at various companies and through research institutions like at the University of Manitoba. Um, These products are um, primarily uh, through the feed or through the water and they promote uh, the health of the animal, boost the immune system, um, compete against uh, disease-causing organisms, um, and in some cases uh, will help prevent disease in the animals. And these are, this is really particularly important because um, poultry producers in Canada have actually taken the, their antimicrobial usage one step further, where they have um, banned uh, the use of Category 1 and uh, 2 uh, antimicrobials by um, the end of 2018. And... The turkey sector has um, has also now eliminated the use of Category 3 antimicrobials by the end of 2019, and the chicken sector uh, is is looking to ban um, Category 3 antimicrobials by the end of 2020 as well. So these products that are alternative therapies um, are really important, really critical to help be um, build the toolbox that producers have to um, promote the health of the birds and and the safety of the food products that they're producing. And, and I think I think that's an important uh, thing to talk about is that it's with the antimicrobials and, and antibiotics, they're not they're not in any way, shape, or form bad. We've we've done the testing and the the work to know that they're safe. It's just as we look for different modalities to to do things better, we're finding new ways to do it and and ways to grow the industry. Absolutely, yeah. We want to protect uh, the use of the antibiotics or antimicrobial products that we have right now. Um, you know, we haven't really seen a lot of new products come on board specifically for antibiotics in the last several years. Um, and so research has really shifted to focus on some of these alternative therapies. And, and that's just from what I picked up there, that's just to make sure that the antibiotics we have on the market still work the way that we they were originally intended because we're not overusing them. Is that- that's absolutely correct because these antibiotic antibiotics are critical in um, a disease uh, outbreak situation um, and so we still need to be able to use them 
for that reason, both in, in human health and in livestock health. That's an interesting point. I'm glad we had the podcast just for that point. How how else can poultry producers maintain flock health um, in light of the changes in antibiotic, antimicrobial usage? Sure. Well, you know, flock management really remains a key aspect of maintaining uh, the health of poultry flocks. So this just means um, identifying risks uh, or, or hazards um, that could put flocks at risk of contact contracting disease, um, making sure that farms uh, have biosecurity protocols in place. And, and so this is essentially just outlining um, the methods in which they will reduce exposure of their birds to um, to disease challenges, uh, providing good nutrition to the birds, and making sure that you're you're using high quality feed ingredients. And then, you know, lastly, it's really important to work with your veterinarian um, to monitor flock health, uh, establish vaccination regime, regimes where they're appropriate for your flock, and and certainly have um, that consultation uh, that's critical if there's a, a disease outbreak. I think that. The point that you've made, it, it's funny because coming into doing this podcast uh, with with the Faculty of Agriculture and Food Sciences and, and working with the U of M on this, this um, knowledge exchange project, I came from a kinesiology background and, and a human health background. And I think it's fascinating as I've talked with beef producers, poultry producers, and um, pork, and we've gone all over the place that it keeps coming back to standard operating procedures, biosecurity, health of the animals first, and ensuring that the care and concern is there. And it's it's fascinating to me that, that the care and concern keeps coming up as the number one, we do this first, and we'll see great results. Absolutely. Well, all of this... Um, excites me as somebody that is a consumer to know what's going on behind the scenes to keep our animals healthy and and that there's a long-term plan. So Amy Johnson, thank you so much for all the information and we'll have you back as soon as possible for more. Thanks, Jordan.